Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rated MR for Mike Rosen. Now, the reviews are in. It's Mike Rosen at the movies on KOA News Radio, 850 AM and 94.1 FM. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Christian Toto, my co-worker, co-star, co-dependent. <laughs> co-pilot. Co-pilot. Oh. Co-dean. Co-dependent. I could ask you some money. Okay. <laughs> is here as he is every Saturday. It's always a joy to have you here. You do wonderful work. I get just a ton of emails from people who say they love your work. So That's just my mom. But Good she, to have you she's here. She's an avid pen pal writer. We've had her on the air, as a matter of fact. <laughs> That's mom, right. Haven't we? We have. Okay, we have a lot of work to do today. We've got three movies we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Black Klansman, Spike Lee's film. We're going to talk about The Meg, uh, fighting off a prehistoric um, megalodon, huge shark. It's like the Jaws shark multiplied by 10 yeah, or so. Yeah, it's a big one. And it actually did exist at one point, not in reality anymore. It is extinct, we think. And, of course, Dog Days, which gets a, oh, <laughs> oh, it's about dogs and their owners. It's hard to hate that movie. We'll talk about I it more later. It. But, yeah, I did, too. It was sweet. It's not going to be one of the giants of filmdom, to be no, sure. No, it's no Citizen Kane. Oh, she is <laughs> cute, especially the little chihuahua. Uh-huh. My, my wife is not a dog person. I'd be kind of curious to see what she, she didn't see it, but I'm curious to see what a non-dog person would think of the movie. Because yeah. it does have its charms, for sure, but... Being a dog lover, it's like adding a star. Remind me mm-hmm. to tell you my my joke okay. about dogs okay. sometime during that <laughs> review, and I have to clean it up because the the punchline is very very strong, and I'm going to have to soften it. But when I do, mm-hmm. imagine me not substituting <laughs> a word, and it's so essential. Sometimes that word we're talking about the the f word. Oh, okay, is essential. Once in a while, uh, to it is. delivering uh, a punchline, mm-hmm. and, and you will see what I mean when okay. we get there. If, if I don't forget, and if you don't forget to remind me, well, let's let's talk about Black Klansman first. And let me disclose, I didn't see it. Uh, it was a very busy week this past week, and I had two screenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I saw Alpha, which I really liked. We'll tease that and talk about it next week. Its release date is was yesterday, I guess, mm-hmm. and Mile Twenty Two. With Mark Wahlberg, which I hated. Uh, can't please everyone. No, it's okay. Uh, so there just weren't enough nights to see screenings. And frankly, this was on my, I really don't want to see this movie, Black Klansman, because I had read uh, so many politically charged reviews about it on mm-hmm. both sides, some loving the movie, some hating the movie. But I can share with you uh, some other people's reactions to this movie. And it would have been painful for me to watch this movie as political as I, I am. So Yeah, for the for some parts, I, th- I think that Spike Lee indulges in his politics in several scenes, but it's pretty quick. And I thought overall the movie was very good and it just tells a wonderful story. And then at the end, which we'll talk about in a moment, it gets really political, really of the moment. And I think uh, I think he bungled it. I think I think it's 
inappropriately connected, but you know, people will disagree about that. Well, we can evaluate it on two levels. One, mm. strictly as a movie, right. divorcing yourself from the politics, which is impossible to do, but we'll try. And uh, then talk about uh, Spike Lee's motivations sure. and uh, how it turned out. Right. In some people's minds, yeah. as opposed to other people's minds. That's right. And the movie itself has a local connection, Colorado Springs. It's based on a true story about a the first black police officer in the Colorado Springs. Almost, what, 50 years ago? Yeah. In the, the, I think it was mid to late 70s was the time period. Though When you watch the movie, it felt maybe earlier 70s. There yeah. was sort of a, a style choice there. His name is Ron Stallworth. He's played by John David Washington, son of Denzel Washington. I had no idea about that until recently. But uh, he's the star here, and he plays this young cop who wants to not just break the color barrier in the department, but also make a difference. And he decides, one way I can make the difference and shake things up is infiltrate the KKK. Now, how do you do that if you're a black person? It seems like a, it'd be hard to fake being a, a member or a wannabe member. Well, he's got an, ex an idea how to do it. He does it on the phone. He calls them up, tries to get recruited by the organization, he is succeeding, but at some point there'll have to be a face-to-face -face meeting. So he taps on a colleague's shoulder who is white and says, hey, can you go to the KKK meeting, say you're me, and then we'll complete this particular transaction. And the, the person he picks is played by Adam Driver from the new Star Wars films, the show Girls, very good actor. And uh, that's how they did it. And in real life, that's how they did it. A lot of the basic, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening, elements of the story are true. And the real undercover cop, played by Adam Driver, was Jewish. That I don't know about. In the movie, it's an important part of it because he's dealing with his own identity issues and, and feelings about being ostracized. I read a couple of accounts where it was maybe not as clear if that particular white cop was, was Jewish or not. So that one, I'm, I'm going to hedge on that. It's possible. I don't know if it's true or not. Though. The point being that the KKK wasn't very fond of Jews either. Exactly. And even just being someone who's Jewish and maybe experiencing discrimination on his own front, maybe he could better identify with what someone, a black cop, is, is thinking about as he enters the force. And Ron Stallworth, over the telephone, sounded white. Yes, yes. He had a, I guess he had, I don't know whether he did an affectation or he just sounded, whatever it is, that's how he did it in the beginning. He now lives in El Paso, incidentally. Oh, interesting. Where he grew up. And uh, he was asked who should play him in the movie, and he imagined that his part would be played by Denzel Washington. And of course, Denzel Washington in, in his 60s now would be too old to play that part. But here's the irony. The part is played by Denzel Washington's son. There you go. Close enough, right? Yeah. Whose name is... John John David Washington, I believe. You can uh, check me on that. Yes, I, th I think you're, you're right. John David Washington. And I have to say, he's a handsome fellow. I think he's fine in the movie. He's no Denzel Washington, at least not yet at this point in his career. Maybe he will blossom. You know, Denzel is Denzel. Is Denzel. He's got great charisma. He's amazing. He's one of our top actors in so many ways. His son doesn't have that presence about him quite yet, but we'll see. Now, this took place in the 1970s, so take yourself back to the era of long hair mm -hmm. and uh, bell-bottom pants. <laughs> Do we have to? And black exploitation films, as they were called. Films with people like uh, Fred Williamson. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the big afros, and in the movie, uh, Ron Stallworth's character is is played, as we said, by Denzel Washington's son, John David Washington, and he's got the big fro. Yep. Okay. Remember Fred Williamson? I do. Fred Williamson was a college football player. Uh, he was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1960. Hmm. 
uh, he played offense in college, but they transformed him into a defensive player. He only played one year for the Steelers. Then he went to the American Football League before the two leagues came together and played for the Raiders and the Chiefs. And he was known as Fred the Hammer Williamson <laughs> because he would smack guys in the head with his forearm. Now, that's not allowed today, but it was allowed then. And then he was in a whole bunch of these exploitation yeah. films. He had a pretty long career. Playing a heroic character. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, when I saw the, the photos and saw the trailer mm. of the movie, I immediately was thinking about Fred Williams and a number of other uh, black actors who had similar roles. Yeah, and also the, there's a brief discussion in the movie about those kinds of movies between the main character and his girlfriend. So, it's another interesting anecdote to the story. All right, we've had several people who've seen the movie. Why don't we take a break here? When we come back, uh, we'll talk to, uh, I think we have three yeah. members of the Mike Rosen Movie Club who want to involve themselves uh, in their role as co-movie reviewers. We're going to talk to Dylan and Sheldon and uh, Darren, I mm -hmm. think. All right, let's, let's take a break here, Lori, and then we'll come right back. Now, back to Mike Rosen at the movies on KOA News Radio, 8:50 a.m. and 94.1 FM. Mike and Christian back with you. We're talking about Black Klansman, and it's spelled B-L-A-C-K, then another K, mm -hmm. and then Klansman, K-L-A-N-S-M-A-N. So that gets the K-K-K in the middle, even though they took some poetic license in doing that, Spike Lee did. Yeah, that, yeah. that's a very clever piece of marketing, I'll say. But All Spike right. Lee's good at that. Who do we have up first? This is Darren. Darren, good to have you. Tell us what you thought of the movie. Uh, hello. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Sure. Um, I actually enjoyed the movie. Uh, I agree with uh, Christian uh, definitely in that uh, I felt the movie itself uh, was very even-handed, especially for a Spike Lee film. Uh, the story was told straightforward, I thought, for the most part, without a lot of uh, commentary, and uh, the, the story was very enjoyable. Um, without being a, a you know a spoiler alert or anything, yeah, the end, uh, the bits tagged onto the end, I think felt a bit extraneous, and uh, like you said, I think he kind of kind of dropped the ball there a little bit, um, and should have just left it at the movie itself. I felt, but uh, I, I really enjoyed the the actual film itself. I said, especially uh, uh, typical, uh, kind of atypical of Spike Lee in that I felt the uh, the storytelling was very even-handed uh, for yeah. the most part. And I think the way they treated the KKK, obviously showing them as dense and ridiculous and and cruel, but it, it didn't seem over the top. It, they still had lives. They still commiserated with each other. The, one of the people in the group has a wife that, who becomes a pretty critical character. It, I feel like he could have put the the pedal to the metal there and made it so over the top. I don't think he did. I think to his credit and just Darren, just to give people a better explanation of the ending, the movie ends, <clears throat> excuse me. And then they go to these sequences from the Charlottesville rally, the unite the right rally from last year where a woman was tragically killed. And they show some of president Trump's quotes from that particular event. And I think even people on the left and the right said he didn't say enough about the depravity on the scene, but he did say some pretty overt, clear things about no excuse for hatred, things like that. And that was left out of the film. What they did kind of cherry pick were elements that showed him in a less favorable light and try to just say that, hey, Trump is a racist. We have a racist in the White House. Racism has not changed or, or gotten better in the time since this story happened. That was the sense I got out of it. Did you, is similar takeaway, Darren? Yes, absolutely. And I felt, you know, that was, the heavy-handed side of Spike Lee that I was kind of looking for the whole time through the movie, 
it just got tacked on to the end. I mean, we all are aware that these problems still exist, sadly, in our society today. It's, you know, these, uh, it's as very, as that's why I felt the, the movie itself, the story that it told was as relevant today as it would have been at the time. Oh, no, uh, no. Well, that's, yeah, that's where we part company. <laughs> and uh, as I but, would with one of the characters in the movie, this was his girlfriend, Patrice, mm -hmm. who was a, mm -hmm. uh, a young black activist, yes. college student, mm -hmm. who, who mm -hmm. says at one, one point, meaningful change is impossible when working within the structures of a racist system. Well, look at the meaningful change we've had since the 1970s. Mm -hmm. It's so dramatic. undeniable. Uh, true, true. But uh, unfortunately, like I said, the change, there has been, we've made leaps and bounds, absolutely, but still uh, that element exists. Well, I know, but a and moment I, ago, a moment ago, you, you uh, 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 equated the 1970s, in your own words, to the way well, it is today. I, well, I think that, that the story itself is as relevant today as it was then, the, the story itself. No, it, it's not but, as relevant because of the huge progress we've made. Well, I well, think... true. I think it's not irrelevant, but it's not as relevant. I think you can watch the story yeah. and see the racism in, of the era. Yeah. And I think you can take away a lot from that without Spike Lee adding that, that ending. Exactly. exactly. That's I think you point. can say, that, you know, it's not needed I, is, is what I, what my point was with that. I, right. I felt it just got tacked on at the end as kind of a, a you know, a, a, of an inflammatory kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like I said, that was kind of the, the heavy handedness of Spike Lee that I was kind of waiting for. And he just uh, instead of incorporating it into the film itself, he just kind of threw it on at the end, I guess. Yeah. I think well, when I, you I say felt that was just yeah, I understand. out of place. When you say it was not needed, it wasn't needed by you or me or, no. or Christian, but it was needed by Spike Lee. His motivation for bringing this incident up, which was almost 50 years ago. It was not only to tell a story, which is an interesting story, mm -hmm. and part mm -hmm. of our history that people should be aware of, but this was self-indulgent on Spike Lee's part, in my judgment, and he's playing to his core audience that wants him to do inflammatory stuff on the basis of mm -hmm. race, which he's always done. Yeah, no, he mm -hmm. has. Exactly, exactly, and that's, what I, that's why I felt that was unnecessary, uh, personally, at the, at the, to be tacked on at the end of the film like that. I, the story itself is, is a great, was a, was a very interesting story. And, uh, you know, I think that alone, uh, should have just been able to stand, stand on its own without, uh, you know, adding on the comment. Okay. Give us a, a rating, a rating of the film on a, a scale of one to five using a clever unit of measure. That has something to do with the movie. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I'll go, I will give it four super flies. <laughs> right. All right. Bringing up the black exploitation period. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That, what are, there. What's our reward? Passes to the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema, a great place to see movies. They have a no texting, no talking policy, which is perfect. They've got ninja-like servers who bring you food and drinks if you request. If not, you can just kind of sit there and enjoy the film. And also appreciate the pre-show uh, little snippets they have, these little shorts that are often eclectic and funny and weird and unexpected. And it's just part of the magic of the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema. There's always something new and fun and clever. Also, they've got draft beer nights. They've got different events going on, actors, directors, screenwriters coming to town. And I just spoke to Tim League, the CEO of the main company, and we talked briefly about how they're working on a movie pass like system. So it's in development. It's not here yet officially, but uh, it's coming soon. I'm, I'll be really curious to see what Alamo does with that because they do so much of the movie-going experience right. I think they'll kind of nail that as well. 
Okay, awesome. thanks very much for being with us. We'll look forward yeah, to doing it again. Thank you very much. You guys have a great day. Okay, thanks, Lori, are we ready to go with uh, another participant? Sheldon. Sheldon. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? By the way, I love your work on uh, Big Bang Theory. You do a great job. <laughs> <laughs> so, my, ahead, my take on the movie. Yes. My take on the movie. I liked it. Um, for a lot of the reasons that, you know, have already been talked about. I thought it was interesting to take such a politically charged topic that conjures up a lot of uneasiness because of the, so, the social implications. And it, it was intense. And yet it had some really funny moments in it. Good point. Um, and we didn't mention that yet. There's a lot of humor here. And I think it mostly holds together. I think Spike Lee did a good job of kind of balancing that tension, the drama, the hate, and then some laughs. Yeah. The, the other thing that I think was interesting about this movie is that it, it, it makes us uneasy, both because of what we're watching on the screen and because of the community nature of going to a movie in a theater full of blacks, whites, Jews, Christians, liberals, conservatives, etc. That, to me, is what makes this movie a unique film experience. That's a great point, by the way. I think the the experience of watching this film and getting the full impact really requires watching it in the theater. To see it at home on your widescreen television would take away from the real impact of this movie. And I think that goes back to what we just said about he went too far with the ending, because... Watching this, watching this movie as a fair-minded American, you think, okay, we know racism exists. It's hard to watch it again. But also, it makes us, at least temporarily, hyper-aware of where we are as a society, where we've come and where we need to go. And I think just telling the story does all that. And we emerge sort of transformed in a small way. And I think for him to kind of hammer down the ending like he did, it, it, it just brings it to a new and less, less positive level, less helpful level. I think you've already achieved your goal, and I think maybe right. bringing it to a more inflammatory tone, I think it maybe, in a sense, lessens the healing that it has. Didn't he sense. introduce uh, Harry Belafonte playing a Mr. Turner, yes. who's, by the way, a fictional yes. character? Yeah, in mid-film, uh, Harry Belafonte has a cameo talking about some of the horrific things that have been done to black people through time. And he's sitting in a wicker chair, just like that famous photo of a Black Panther uh, Huey Newton. Oh, interesting. I, you know, I wasn't aware of that, but it's a good yeah, catch. Yeah, lecturing uh, against uh, college mm-hmm. activists about uh, the, this 19, early 1900s yeah. lynching of, of Jesse Washington. Uh, that was something that advances Spike Lee's agenda, which is why he included that in the movie. It had nothing to do with the, yeah, no, I agree. the they, 1970s event. I agree. That's, that's, a, that's a creative choice, and it's harder-edged, but even that I'm okay with. And part of it is I don't agree with Halle Berry, Belafonte at all about his politics, but he's a very powerful presence. He's got that great gravelly voice. He's got gravitas, and I think it, it does something to the film, and I think that's a, a perfectly acceptable artistic choice. Well, that, that entire section going back and forth, again, I don't want to give it away, mm-hmm. but I thought that was very well done, the way right. they did that. Yeah, I agree. It, it was just very interesting. But, you know, to take what I was saying before one step further, would it feel any different? I mean, first of all, I'm Jewish, so I'm watching this with the same feelings that, you know, I would think that other Jews would have. But would it feel any different if I watched this film in a theater with a predominantly black audience as opposed to the mostly white audience where I saw the film? Mm -hmm. Well, that's why the theatrical experience is so wonderful, because you have all these different sort of shades of experience and feelings and emotions that, like you said, you can't, can't do at home. 
All right, on a scale of one to five, Sheldon, rated. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Uh, using a clever unit of measure that has something to do with the movie. Four reasons to see a movie in a theater rather than at home. <laughs> very good. The good ex- extension of what you were saying. And your rewards for giving us a very good review and an excellent rating. Take us to the C Film Center on Colfax. It's another great place to see movies because they care about the experience. It's got a really eclectic, wonderful range of programming. You've got a place where you can have a nice drink, have a bite to eat. It's a nice little lounge area. So it's not just a typical movie theater. It's much more than that. The C Film Center on Colfax. Check it out. Thank you, Sheldon. All right, let's take a break here. When we Thank come you. back, we've got... Uh, one other, is it Dylan? Or, I believe we've got Dylan, perhaps. I think we did Darren first, right? Yes. Uh, so we'll talk to Dylan about this. And we also want to throw in uh, Dog Days and The Meg. Hmm. Stay with us. Now with extra butter, it's Mike Rosen at the movies on KOA News Radio, 8.50 a.m. and 94.1 FM. Okay, Christian Toto and I have been talking about Black Klansmen, spending, as we expected to, a couple of segments on this, mm-hmm. and then saving the other two movie reviews for the last segment today. But let's uh, let's check in with Dylan and see what he thought about Black Klansmen. Hi, Dylan. Hey, how you doing? Good. Fantastic. Go right ahead. Okay, uh, to cut right to the point, I felt that this Spike Lee joint did not disappoint. Uh, <laughs> It's a, an undeniably a political film, and I think sometimes it might struggle structurally and not feel entirely realized, but I do think it manages to convey an articulate setting and an entertaining story. I agree. Well, one thing I want to mention, maybe a couple, is that there's a scene late in the movie where Ron Stallworth, our hero, is assigned to work with David Duke and sort of protect him, you know, be the sort of the cop entourage. That really happened, and also... He really did take a picture with David Duke. So there's, I guess, out there somewhere is a picture of David Duke, the known racist, and Ron Stolwerk, the first black cop in Colorado Springs. So it's wonderful. Uh, Talk a little bit more about the film as far as the, uh, maybe the supporting players or anything else that kind of jumps out at you about Uh, this experience? Uh, The actress who played Patrice was, uh, I felt, a a good character. And uh, Topher Grace is David Duke. Mm -hmm. uh, Kind of interesting, even if it took me out of the movie just a little bit, because you could kind of, I don't know. Uh, and Adam Driver, the supporting character, who, as a side note, I feel is a fantastic newcomer in the Hollywood scene. Uh, I thought he was really given a, a place to shine, especially with his monologue uh, mm-hmm. about, like, in the middle of the film. Yeah, I think he's he quietly bu- building up a great resume, not just the Star Wars stuff, but other things as well. Uh, he's impressive. He's he's interesting looking. Yes, I, I have, I've not, not seen that yet, but I've heard great things about it. But <laughs> I think his choices are interesting as well. And uh, he's just a curious looking fellow. He doesn't look like a movie star, handsome kind of guy. But he's got power, power to him. Yeah. Regarding uh, David Duke, 
uh, and an embarrassment for Republicans. David Duke was a, a Louisiana state uh, representative in their their uh, House of Representatives, uh, who uh, I wish had attached himself to um, some other party rather than the Republican <laughs> yeah. party. Uh, also, David Duke was uh, uh, presented himself very smoothly. Uh, be beneath that smooth exterior was a very hateful man to mm -hmm. be sure. Was he played clownishly in the movie or was he played I, I accurately? Felt, I felt, I felt he was played a little comically, to be honest. Like, uh, Tilford Til Grace might not have been the best choice for that. I mean, I've, I've seen him in that 70s show, Eric, and it, it, it didn't seem to exactly fit. I mean, the look did, but the character itself, maybe not. Yeah. You know, listen, I think you can transform into any kind of character, but I agree when you see him on screen, you have certain preconceived notions. I don't think he was a good enough performance where all that washed yeah. away. You still, there was still some of Topher Grace left in him, but uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but interesting. And by the way, I think that David Duke for a while tried to go mainstream. To, didn't he try to uh, recant his his terrible ways? And I think he maybe gave up on that pose and went back to being who he is. Mm. Yeah, he was a candidate for president in the nineteen eighty eight election. Mm -hmm. Incidentally. Uh, That's truly really ridiculous. He but. didn't do very well Good. as a candidate Good, for, yeah. for president. And he wasn't some uh, low-level guy either. He was a mm -hmm. grand wizard in Louisiana, Oof. <laughs> David Duke. So, so Dylan, uh, we, we had, I think we've been fairly unanimous about our criticism of the ending, the tacked-on ending with Charlottesville. Yeah, I, do you agree? Or, I, I mean, feel free to true. disagree. No, I, I do. I, I felt it was tacked on, and I, I didn't enjoy the, uh, like, I loved the, uh, the kind of blaxploitation-esque shot of Ron and Patrice in the hallway mm -hmm. immediately before that. that. That was very nice. But then... It, it did feel a little tacked on politically at the end, just to throw that on there. Yeah. But that's, it's okay. I mean, I mean, it did have an impact. It just wasn't really what the film needed at the end of it. So. I just checked this out online, by the way, because I was relying on my memory. Okay. Uh, in 1988, David Duke announced his, pre his candidacy for the Democratic nomination. Really? Yes. Huh. He, he didn't, he didn't get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that I was comfortable with either yes. way, either party. But uh, any last thoughts about the film, Dylan? Uh, I just felt it was well-rounded, but it didn't exactly exceed the sum of its parts. Gotcha. How about and, a rating? Okay. You know the drill. I'll give it a three and a half uh, afro combs and nappy-headed hair out of five. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give it three and a half raised fists for the, the Black Power salute. And Dylan, you're, I think you're a new member of our movie club. Your reward yeah. for giving your review and, and being a good sport. Take us to the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema, a great place to see movies. Like I said before, the no texting, and no talking alone is worth the price of admission. But they do so much more there. They make movie going an experience. They truly love movies and embracing the whole process. And, you know, given our days, there's so many great things to watch on streaming and our flat screens are getting bigger. You need a, a, maybe a little bit of a push to get out to the theater. I think that Alamo Drafthouse Cinema does just that. So hope you enjoy those passes. They do a fantastic job. Yeah, I agree. Okay, thank you, Dylan. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted to share with you Jonah Goldberg's Yes, I was curious this. about this. And Jonah Goldberg is a very intellectual, highbrow, mm -hmm. uh, conservative Republican. Sure. And not a bomb thrower, by the way. No, he's no, a pretty no. reasonable, smart, you know, he's not one to kind of pick a side and just stick on the side. No, he's, he's erudite and he, he, he's an author. Uh, mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I'm almost finished with his latest book, uh, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. The Suicide of the West. That's, That's right, yeah. Borrowing the title from James Burnham. Uh, here's what he said. Nearly 30 years ago, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing struck such fear in white liberals that New York Magazine's political columnist and its reviewer 
both in the same issue, wrongly predicted that the film would incite black rioting, such as the kind of black rioting we had in the 1960s, you remember. Since then, black social unrest has become a political device relentlessly manipulated by the Ferguson and Charlottesville agitating progressive media, uh, which makes an interesting point. Uh, we haven't swept racism under the rug in this country. Uh, racism is portrayed uh, exhibitionistly. Is that such a word? Is I that? don't know. I, I just made it up. <laughs> uh, by the dominant liberal media. And the term racist is thrown around so glibly and casually, it includes all kinds of people who are not racist at all. Yeah, dog whistles as well. I think that really demeans, I mean, playing the race card is just terrible because it demeans what, what real racism still is out there. Yeah, if you're opposed to illegal Im immigration, mm -hmm. not immigration, but illegal, illegal. immigration, uh, regardless of the race of anybody who's coming into the country illegally, being branded a racist is, is preposterous, but of course it, it's widely widely done and attached to Donald Trump in, in that regard uh, unfairly unless secretly he is a racist and I can't read his mind. In any event, getting back to Jonah Goldberg's point about the Ferguson and Charlottesville agitating progressive media to the point that Lee's incendiary film Black Klansman was even awarded a grand prize at the Cannes Film Festival, which is a site of progressive film culture where anti-Americanism rules. The elite post-Obama media yearns for revolution, as if giving blacks a hot foot will incite government-changing riots, so one might well suspect that Spike Lee's time has finally come. So, uh, Jonah Goldberg is looking at this from a, a strictly sure. political prism, but uh, that's his take on it. Interesting. And, you know, Spike Lee's been famous for a long, long time. I thought Do the Right Thing was a great movie. I had issues with the ending. I thought it was rather inflammatory, but... As a film fan, I'm glad to see him make a good movie again. I've seen some of his recent films I thought were terrible. Uh, the Sweet Blood of Jesus, I think was the title from a few years ago, I thought was one of the most unwatchable movies I've ever seen or tried to see. So I'm on one level, I'm glad that you could say he's back. And also 10.8 million first weekend in about half of the normal amount of screens, not bad. So kind of double that, about 20, 22 million or so. That's solid for a movie like this, which is not a blockbuster, not a superhero movie. I think it's it's doing quite well. While they were scrolling the credits, wasn't there a vision of an American flag, red, white, and blue, turned mm -hmm. upside down with the colors morphing into a black and white fascist symbol? Well, I mean, that's part of what he does, and that's also I, that's why I think that, that, that last moments of the film are so self-defeating. I'll put it that way. One of the reasons why I was reluctant to see the movie. Mm -hmm. But I did read a lot about it. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we've got two other movies to talk about, The Meg and Dog Days. Yep. You're listening to Mike Rosen at the Movies on KOA News Radio, 8.50 a.m. and 94.1 FM. Okay, earlier I plugged Little Mermaid at BDT stage, and I've been teasing this all summer long because the show is concluding on, on uh, September 8th. But next Saturday, what is that, the 25th or so? Uh, next, 27th? No, no wait, next Saturday, the 25th. 25th right. I am going up to see it finally. And the reason I haven't seen it, mm. uh, it, it uh, opened in, in June, was because my granddaughter had gone to Florida for the mm. summer to be with her grandmother. And she's back now. As a matter of mm -hmm. fact, I just saw her this week and took her to Justice to do some school shows. Are you familiar with the Justice stores? No, I'm not. Uh it's for young people, uh -huh. little kids and not so little kids. <laughs> and they have some very creative stuff that's 
Hmm. Ridiculously overpriced. <laughs> and of course, you know, whatever you want, get That's right. pick it out. So Your grandpa, gonna, you gotta do we it. We ran up a nice bill there. Anyway, mm -hmm. so we're gonna go see it and she's looking forward to it. So if you love the Disney film, you'll you'll love mm -hmm. this stage production. They do a great job at BDT Stage in Boulder. Again, it runs through September 8th. Here's the number to call for reservations. Uh, call later in the week when they're around. 303-449-6000. That's 449-6000. Or check them out at bdtstage.com. Best entertainment value in town. Dinner and the show for 43 bucks. All right, next movie. Yeah, Dog Days. It's an ensemble movie about different characters who end up kind of interacting in certain ways. And the connecting tissue here is their love for dogs. Some characters have dogs, some characters have lost their dogs, some characters have dogs that are getting on in their years. And uh, that's the story. Some familiar faces here, including Vanessa Hudgens. And, uh, you know, it's the kind of movie that is sweet. It is predictable. It is formulaic. It's got its heart in the right place. And I thought it was clever at times, too. I, I found myself laughing at, at sweet little moments that I didn't expect to be laughing at. And uh, I give the movie credit for that. Again, it helps if you're a dog person. It also helps if you're kind of a, uh, a I guess, a, was it a soft touch for movies like this? Because, I mean, I feel like today's age, things are more cynical, hard-edged. This is it, it felt old-fashioned in, in a pleasant way. Yeah, and it's heartwarming, and the dogs are all cute, especially that tiny little right. chihuahua mm -hmm. who suffers an injury, <laughs> and they fit him with a helmet that That's he right. wears all the time with a strap underneath under his yeah. neck. So it's like a, it's more like a television series, I thought, with several different storylines yeah. running throughout the, the movie. Let's see, I think there were five in all. There's a, a TV uh, morning show host who gets a new co-host uh, played by tone bell and they don't hit it off immediately but mm -hmm. it involves into a nice romantic relationship yeah he was excellent by the way he really i don't think i've seen him before anything of consequence and he was he was really good then there's another couple eva longoria and rob cordry cordry right wasn't he in sex in the city rob cordry didn't mm, he have a role on i don't that? know about that along with sarah jessica Parker. yeah i know i know the show but yeah. i don't uh, anyway they adopt a child uh, and uh She's uh, oh, kind of uh, reserved at the yeah, beginning, She's shy. and they're trying to get her to warm to them, and they get a dog, and that helps. Then there's a, a barista, Vanessa Hudgens, mm -hmm. and this uh, dorky guy <laughs> uh, trying to get a relationship with her. That one kind of Eva. I think she's a very attractive. She's gorgeous. Yeah, sexy woman. Yes, I agree. Not flashy, but mm -hmm. there's something about her. Uh, and then uh, there's a. Uh, uh, a, a rock musician, kind of slacker, Adam Pally, uh -huh. who's trying to help out his sister, Jessica St. Clair, after she gives birth to twins. And then I, I thought this was one of the better ones. Uh, Ron Cephas Jones, who's a wonderful character actor. Mm -hmm. This uh, is us. He's... Uh, intellectual, dignified, uh, tall, skinny black guy mm -hmm. who uh, befriends the neighborhood pizza delivery boy. Uh, Finn Wolfhard, I hadn't seen him before, but he's he, from Stranger Things. So he's aha. one of the kid stars. Yeah, that's there. right. That's where I've seen him before. Yeah. All right, and and their relationship evolves as well, and it centers mm -hmm. around this dog that he has that gets lost and then <laughs> found and then uh, returned to the the elderly black man who then gives it back because Ooh. it had bonded so well. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of a spoiler there, excuse me, but mm -hmm. there are five storylines. Yeah, and also you can see all the beats happening a few minutes before they actually do happen. So that's, it's the kind of movies, you know, it's funny when, you, when, you're re, when you're talking through the plot and some of the main situations, 
I feel more positive about the movie. Like it just, it left like a, this nice aftertaste with me. Yeah. Some of the reviewers slammed it for, mm. for snooty reasons. I mean, take this movie for what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about dogs and the people are props because mm-hmm. the dogs steal the movie. I'm going to give it three uh, protective Chihuahua helmets. Okay. Out mine, of five. Mine is far less creative. I, I gave you three leashes. So. By the way, what was your rating for uh, Black Plansman? Uh, three and a half raised fists. Three and a half raised fists. Yeah. I liked it. Right. Oh, you want my Chihuahua? My, my dog joke? Oh, your dog joke. Yeah, of course. I'm almost... Okay. The, these uh, two upscale women in uh, Midtown Manhattan are strolling the streets with their dogs one day and they want to stop for lunch. And the one woman says, There's a nice restaurant up the street. Let's go. Let's go there. Uh, they're about 20, 30 feet from the entrance, and there's a, a fellow outside who's uh, um, not a bouncer, but anyway. he's Like a host or something? Yeah, you got to get past him to get in. Uh, and there's a sign that says, no dogs allowed. And the second woman says, well, we can't go there. She says, yes, we can. Watch me. She puts on a pair of glasses, and uh, she walks up to the, the doorman and with her, her German shepherd. Hmm. Uh, he says, no dogs allowed. And she says, well, I'm blind, and this is my my service dog, my seeing eye dog. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Of course you can come in. The other woman sees this. She puts on her dark glasses, walks up. The sign says, no dogs allowed. The man says, you can't come in. She says, I'm blind. This is my seeing eye dog. And the, the man says, a chihuahua? And she says, they gave me a freaking chihuahua? <laughs> <laughs> you can see where the other F work would work better on that. I, I think freaking is okay, though. Okay. I think it, it's a hold together. All right, uh, uh-huh. let's talk about the Meg. Yeah, big, dumb action movie with a shark. That's pretty much it. Jason Statham is the star doing his action movie stuff. He's good at it. For people, maybe Dwayne Johnson does it just as good, if not better. And it's about a exploratory undersea crew that pierces through this sort of layer, sort of a thermal layer of water. And by doing that, they unleash this prehistoric beast called the Meg. It comes up. It does hate mayhem. Lots of people die. There's some comic relief, including pieces by Rain Wilson from The Office. And that's it. Now, I have to say, I enjoyed it. It, has, it delivers exactly what you want. And then there's about maybe a half hour of material of romances and mourning the dead characters. I'm thinking, guys, this is a big, dumb summer action movie. You don't need any of this. And it's done so badly. The romance is so horrible that I'm thinking, why did you just cut it all out, make it a streamlined movie and go for it? So it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's stupid. It's exactly what you think it is. And I just thought it could have been better if they had just sort of went, to the, went for the jugular. Did somebody fall in love with the Megalodon? Is that no. the romance? <laughs> no, the Jason Statham's character falls in love, or at least attempts Did to. Did they have but... Megalodons in Jurassic Park and any of those 12 Jurassic Park sequels? You know, the more recent, I feel like there was a scene where there was an ocean-based creature, but I don't know how much, how big a role it played. But, right. uh, but the special effects are good. And listen, it's not Jaws. It's not as serious. It's not as well done. But you don't expect that from this kind of movie. Is it true that Jason Statham gave the, the monster this 80-foot shark mm-hmm. uh, a nickname oh i think that he, that he called it ryan is that true well, why ryan i don't think so meg ryan oh <laughs> that's be your first film role in a while too, right? <laughs> that's right all right what are you gonna give it as a ring i'm gonna give it three buckets of chum it's fine and you know it's if you see on the big screen that's the choice go for the imax if you can all right uh, so next week we're going to talk about mile 22 mm-hmm. and alpha right you saw them both. I didn't see Alpha yet. Are you going to see it before I, then? I, I catch up with that one. And take take one of your kids. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do your boys like like dogs? Yeah, my oldest does. Yeah, my youngest is on the fence at this point, so we got uh, to work on him. It it's, it takes place twenty thousand years ago in prehistoric times, mm. and it's a, about a a boy with his 
wolf is not his <laughs> dog. Uh, there is not a word in English uttered throughout the movie. It's all subtitles because they're talking uh, in some prehistoric uh, dialect. Uh, but it really works, and it's only an hour and a half, too. Mm. Oh, good. Worked very, very well. I, I, I very much enjoy it. And it's not an animated film, by the way. Some people think that it's an animated film. It's not one of those yeah. Pixar, Disney animated films. So. And Miles 22 is a dog as well, but a dog uh, of a in movie. A different, <laughs> you didn't dislike it as much as I did. We no, chatted I, about I, it after the movie. Yeah, but I, it's bad. All right, Mark Warbler got a paycheck for it. That's right. It's better than we got. And it'll be interesting to see what the box office is, because that opened yesterday. Yeah, I think it's going to be weak. Okay, Mike and Christian here every Saturday morning on KOA News Radio, 8 o'clock. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.